this is really important to know where they hang out. Okay, let me give you an example of this. I would not post content on Snapchat because I don't believe there's enough people in my world that would hang out on Snapchat that would work with me. However, I would recommend that if I had a client that had a database or, or worked directly with tradies, that Snapchat would be a really great place for them to hang out. I would suggest that anyone that people that worked in the healthcare industry, specifically hospitals, doctors and nurses, um, and I've seen dentists a lot, are all over TikTok. Mm. So it's not about, you know, and you probably get this too, Tim, people saying, oh, well, what works? Well, what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. And you really need to know where your ideal clients are hanging out. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. I'm Tim Hyde, your co-host for Thursday, and I'm joined, as always, in this case, by the well-travelled Samantha <laughs> Riley. Hey, Tim. I know. Look at me back in the office for the first time in four weeks. It's I know, been, right? It's been a weird day. I'm like, where is everything? I'm used to living out of a suitcase, and now it's in a spot, and I'm finding it harder to find. <laughs> I'm so used to having a different background to like all of our, our Zoom calls. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you today? Oh, thoroughly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So nice to be home. It is nice to be home. I love to travel, but it is also nice to be home. And let me tell you the best bit, being in my own bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always is. And I think we spend so much of our time in it that we forget how good it is to be uh, in something that we've, you know, we've chosen. Absolutely. It's gratitude for the small things, right? So today I give gratitude for my bed and my doona. It's awesome. <laughs> 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 so well, on today's episode, we, of course, we're going to go drill into um, how to create a successful social media marketing strategy for your business. But before we do, we've got a couple of awesome shout outs to a couple of people who took the time to give us a review. Absolutely. So the first one is from Andrew at, I think it's Aquaziti. Yeah, that's my, my take on it too. I'm not really sure. Andrew, please reach out and let us know how we pronounce your business name. But Andrew said, really enjoyed the content, particularly the reference to Source Bottle. I didn't know this existed, which is awesome. I must have listened to episode 151, Tips to Gain Media Opportunities That Get You More Exposure. So thank you very much, Andrew, for taking the time to jump into iTunes and giving us a five-star rate and a review. And also from Great Energy from Canada. Not sure of Great Energy's real name, but I think it's pretty cool. Maybe that is their real name. You never know about these North Americans. Canadians are normally a bit better, but maybe I might change my, my name to Great Energy, the second. <laughs> <laughs> great Energy from Australia. <laughs> but Great Energy from Canada says, my current favourite podcast 
fun interviews with profound insights to position your business and life for success. So it is awesome. And we wanted to give Andrew and great energy a big shout out. Thank you so much for taking the time. And of course, if anyone else is listening and you haven't given us a five star rating review on, I'd say Apple podcasts rather than iTunes, because it's now Apple podcasts, we would be so grateful for you to take the time and do that. And we would love to give you a shout out on the show as well. Awesome. Now let's get into it, say. Let's do it. Successful social media marketing strategy campaign for your business. That's a fair mouthful. So it is. What like what do you reckon? I mean, because I think social media is such a ubiquitous, you know, integral part of modern marketing, isn't it? When people say marketing, they go, oh, Facebook, Google, right? And it's kind of Instagram, right? I think it's Google Instaface or something or other. Yeah. And we just we just kind of assume that this is where it's all at, right? And and that's only just one aspect of marketing, but that's where I think a lot of people's default has now moved to, hasn't it? Well, I think there's two different camps here. I think there's one group of people that do a lot of or spend a lot of time on social media, um, whether or not they're getting results. And then there's also a group of people that think it's just a big waste of time, so don't use it at all. And that's what we're going to talk about today, that we think it's somewhere in the middle and that there's we're going to take a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B to create something that <laughs> is a successful investment of your time and your dollars. Yeah. So social media, you know, a successful social media campaign really is about looking at how much time and, and resources we spend there and what's our return on investment for that time in terms of dollars in our pocket more than anything else, aren't we? Yeah, well, totally. Let's be honest. Successful campaign to me says paying clients. Yep. To me, that's the, the success there is at the end of the day, the outcome, even if there's steps in between, for example, someone seeing us on social media and turning into a joint venture partner or asking us to speak in an event or be on a podcast, even if there's steps in between that are like that, we still want to be at the end of the day getting paying clients. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's right. I think that's that's something we, we can lose sight of. Mm. Um, Sam, I know you have um, had this happen to you and certainly I have. A lot of people, and because it's such a, an unregulated industry, mm-hmm. I've had people reach out to me and say, well, I can get you 10,000 comments or 20,000 likes or mm-hmm. you know, guaranteed a thousand extra followers, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure how they get those guarantees other than to create potentially dummy accounts. Yeah. And, and those are really kind of vanity metrics, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They don't really create, and I don't think that should be the, the measure of a successful campaign. We really want to look at the economic outcome. Totally. Would you rather have 5,000 likes on a post, which a lot of people would love, right? That's almost almost viral. Or would you rather have one paying client out of a post? Oh, look, if I had a, if I had a paying client out of a post, I'd put one up every single day. I'd probably even do it twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? You need to put something up to turn those people into paying clients. Well, look, here's the thing, all right? We were talking about this off air about making offers. Now, it is important that we make offers through our social media, through our email list, through text messaging and, and different stuff. Um, and the fact that if you make more offers, you will piss people off. Yep. Right? You will get people unsubscribe, unfollow, 
you know, hide your feed. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you'll also also make more sales. And I think it's yes. about getting that balance right, isn't it? Absolutely. And we were having that because we were talking about um, unsubscribes on email lists. And I was saying that it is always interesting when you get an unsubscribe to know that they probably weren't going to buy from you anyway. And that not to be afraid of unsubscribes. Mm, good way to clean your list. Well, you see, man, you mentioned yeah. that this week, actually, that you've been talking to your list a lot more, both on social media and mm. and via email. And you noticed a bunch of, you know, a higher rate of unsubscribes, which, which was concerning at, at the time, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't that I was concerned. I think I was more interested. Like, why, am I, why have I got a higher number of unsubscribes, you know, at that point? And then to actually dive deeper into it. And that is where the gold is to really dive in and, and say, well, hang on, have I done something wrong or were they not likely to be my clients? And, you know, we're going to dive into that, I guess, in, in one of the um, key points that we're going to talk about today. If you want to connect with me, Tim Hyde, head over to winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect. Or if you'd like to connect with Samantha Riley, you can find her at samanthariley.global forward slash connect. So let's jump in to the key principles. Uh, well, I think we've got five, really five key steps. Okay. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a cyclical thing, right? Because five sort of leads back into one. I think the first step is really getting a really clear understanding of your avatar now we've talked about this a lot in our podcast about really understanding who your customer is what language they use where they hang out and all that sort of stuff where you know what are their pain points where are they in the binding journey i was just having a conversation last night about this this interesting space with i guess uh, capability development for marketing which is one of the things that i work with my clients on and that when we start out, we want to learn and know how to do stuff, right? We want to know how to create a successful Facebook ad and how to post it and how to create a viral video and how to, how to, how to, how to. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff, right? And we get to this stage in our business where we're so busy and the, the value that we bring to our business is more the decisions we make, not the work we do. Yeah. Right? And then at a point again, and we're going to outsource all of that information that responsibility to another company Mm. right and in the social media space there are lots of companies working out there who will do your social media marketing campaigns for you they'll create content they'll run ads and all that sort of stuff you know they'll obviously have to point to something we'll talk about in a sec but then at a certain point in a company's growth we then insource it all again and we start building the capability in our team right Mm. so really understanding where your customer is in, in your case, where they are in their growth journey about the skills that you bring to the table is super important. You know, I do want to really clarify or bring back that you did say that we talk about knowing your avatar a lot and you may be listening and have heard and go, oh, geez, here's Sam and Tim go again. Know your avatar. I've only heard that 10,000 times. <laughs> well, it's because it is so, so important. And I think that this is never a, you get to the end and you know it, but it's, it is evolving all the time. And I know that you and I constantly are working on our avatar 
and even if it's the same, understanding how your avatar may have changed along the way, even if you're working with the same sort of avatar. So I don't think that you can understand your avatar enough at any time. I think you can always be going deeper into that. Yeah, and you're right though, your avatar does change. You know, if you're in your 20s and you're working with teenagers and then you suddenly become, you know, your 50s, 60s, 70s and you're working with teenagers, well, we've got different <laughs> different teenagers. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. You know, the things that they use will change. The, you know, the teenagers of, of 50 years ago are not the same as the teenagers today. Yeah. You know, they've got different pressures, different, different influences, you know, different means of communication. Uh, I mean, the stuff that comes out of my teenager's mouth on a on a sort of weekly basis, he says stuff and I just have to say, what does that actually mean? <laughs> yeah, and that would be super different to what my teenagers are saying, you know, five, ten, 10 years, years ago. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's really important that you know your avatar and keep up to date with what's happening in their world. I think one, one actual one other point there I'd, I'd really like to make is that really understanding what they need to know to move them. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned um, in episode 157, you know, one of the things that I'm changing in my business is around not presenting a solution focus, coming back to a problem focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually is picking up a customer, you know, earlier in their journey of discovery. And, you know, I'm still sort of testing that as, as part of my marketing strategy to see what sort of clients does this bring in yeah right and and does it allow me to be more prescriptive rather than more you know order taker for someone who's already found the solution they want totally and i think that you need to be very aware when you're talking about what do they need to know that when you're creating your social media marketing strategy or actually not the strategy the actual content that you're not necessarily giving them the how to do it that's what they pay you for so you need to be clearly telling them what they need to know but what they need to know i guess to have them getting results and realizing that you know what you're talking with but not solving all their pain points yep actually i don't know if i've ever told you this sam but I've always sort of had this in the back of my mind that there are really two types of people in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's the DIY people mm-hmm. and the done for you people. Yep. Okay. The DIY, the done for you people, you could tell them exactly the minutia of how to do something, right? Right down to step by step instructions. And they will just go, holy shit, there's a lot of instructions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Can you please take care of it for me? Yes. Right now, your DIY people, interestingly, if you do the same thing and tell them what to do and even how to do it, and sometimes there will be a bunch who go, Thanks very much for the instructions, Sam. I'm now going to go and do it. Now, here's the here's the here's the the rub, right? They were never your client in the first place. Yes, okay. This is I am so glad you've brought this up because this actually does go against what I just said. But you've caught me out because I do sometimes create how-to content because exactly like you say, there are people that will just run with it and they were never going to buy from you. However, there are people that will look at those how-tos and go, oh, wow, that's way too much. And guess who they're going to reach out to? <laughs> they'll come back. They'll suddenly and become a done-for-you person. <laughs> the, the person that took your how-to, you never know. If, you know, if they absolutely love what you've helped them do, they're very likely to refer you to someone else anyway. So, Ah, thanks for pulling me up on that one, Tim. No worries. All right, so now let, let's go into number two. So number two is 
and, and again, this is something we've said 10,000 times, and particularly if you listen to the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast um, on replay and looping it, right, which we <laughs> strongly encourage, is where do they, is, where do they hang out? Yeah, this is this is really important to know where they hang out. Okay, let me give you an example of this. I would not post content on Snapchat because I don't believe there's enough people in my world that would hang out on Snapchat that would work with me. However, I would recommend that if I had a client that had a database or, or worked directly with tradies, that Snapchat would be a really great place for them to hang out. I would suggest that anyone that people that worked in the healthcare industry, specifically hospitals, doctors and nurses, um, and I've seen dentists a lot, are all over TikTok. Mm. So it's not about, you know, and you probably get this too, Tim, people saying, oh, well, what works? Well, what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. And you really need to know where your ideal clients are hanging out. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, exact conversation I was having with an interior designer in the US the other day, right? She's been copying other people's stuff and saying, well, they do speaking. So I'm doing speaking. They do Google, you know, and so I do Google and, and she's, I think she's seeing the outward projection of those things, mm-hmm. not the kind of what happens behind the scenes about whether those campaigns are actually work, working. Mm. So if you, make the mistake of copying what other people are doing. It's okay to go, okay, well, look, similar companies are on Facebook to me, similar companies to me are on LinkedIn. Right? If they're on there, it must be working for them, right? Just bear in mind that, you know, they've got the roadmap and you're just following on along hitting all the potholes that they've also hit. Yeah, good point. <laughs> who, who do you want to be following? <laughs> right. So, you know, they're, they're experimenting with their marketing as well and, and you need to do your own research about who your particular avatar is and where they hang out and what kind of message they have there. And it's not just that front-end stuff. It's also the machinery that then sits in behind those posts and those that sort of stuff, you know, those mm. ads that appear in those channels that actually really make a campaign successful or not successful. Absolutely. And let me give you an example of that machinery that that sits behind. I was just talking to someone earlier today that was talking about LinkedIn pods and she said, oh, I found this huge LinkedIn pod getting heaps of, you know, lots and lots of comments, but it's turning into nothing. And I said to her, well, the people that are commenting are you taking that conversation to their inbox? Are you opening up a different conversation? And, you know, that machinery isn't on show. It's under the hood. You know, taking that one further, are the people in the pod, do they have networks of the people you want to reach? Oh, and that was our next conversation. Exactly <laughs> that. You need, to, you need to make sure that you're connected with the right people. Yeah. Well, this is where I come back to, you know, um, point number three that we wanted to make in, in mm-hmm. this strategy is really having that effective conversion strategy mm-hmm. right um, I think you've always got to have what I call you know a slow track and a fast track mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. so fast track is someone who's ready to buy from you right now there are a percentage of people in the market who are looking for the thing you sell right now mm-hmm. in fact if you're connected to a thousand people on LinkedIn or you know five thousand people on Facebook I'd say a good percentage of those people are in the market for what you do right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the bunch, there's a bunch aren't. 
And that's where we sort of look at this difference between this fast track and slow track. So most people are on the slow track. Most people don't need what you are selling today or tomorrow or the next day. And we need to look at where we're putting those people in our world and how we're then converting them into that next stage of our our customer journey, right? So yeah. we talked about, you know, we've talked about a couple of different things there, right? Are we moving people from, you know, uh, from the ad or from the post into a live workshop or to a webinar or maybe to a direct sales call or, you know, into our, you know, private community or, you know, something, you know, into our database mm-hmm. where we can continue to build a relationship with them. Absolutely. And something um, that a lot of people miss in the, in this conversion strategy, and I think that I, I really want to shine a light on this, is that a lot of people love this passive income model. And I just put that in air quotes for anyone that's listening. You wouldn't have seen my air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of people would like to have, you know, um, some sort of Facebook ad that goes to an evergreen webinar that they recorded once and have never touched and sell and they sleep and all the money comes into their account. It's the holy grail, isn't it? Absolutely. No, I'm not saying it doesn't work for some people. However, let me just say that this is the exception and not the rule. And in actual fact, you're better off to take that conversion offline as fast as possible, that you are more likely to convert a prospect into a paying client if you're actually having a conversation with them. So whether that's, you know, from a webinar to some sort of sales call where you can speak with them, any kind of conversation really, that a lot of people think that that's the slow track trying to convert people offline. But that is where I know, Tim, you agreed with me that both Mm. of us would recommend that we take that conversion offline as, you know, as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to, you've got to move people, right? And, and really what we're getting people is to kind of opt in to the next step. Mm. And if they're opting in and coming with you, they're more interested than if they're not coming with you. Yeah. Now you talked about before we started recording earned media to owned media. What do you mean by that? So earned, earned media is, I mean, you can sort of got these different sort of categories. Okay. We don't own the audience on Facebook. We don't mm-hmm. own the audience on Instagram, right? They're owned by Facebook and Instagram. which is why they collect so much data on what we do on there. Every click, every sort of pause, every video view, I suspect even where we move the mouse around the screen, you know, uh-huh. it's all sort of analyzed to the nth degree, what groups we visit, what sort of conversations we comment on, you know, our choice of words on those conversations is all sort of analyzed and it's this massive big data bank, but we don't own that media. We've earned the right to attract it to us. Mm. Okay. By, by the stuff we put out there. Um, our owned media is, you know, the stuff that we own, the stuff that we create, that we control, right? So mm-hmm. that's your email database. That's your, you know, your list, I guess. And, and you may have heard the phrase, you know, the money's in the list, you know, at least once, if not more than once. Probably multiple times, okay. I'd be thinking. And the money, look, the money really is in the list and that's our mm-hmm. owned media. We own the relationship with those, with those connections, and those contacts. Um, and again, whether we're using that to have a, a face-to-face workshop, virtual summits, um, you know, online trainings, whatever, we own the relationship with those people. It's not something that we've earned the right to, but don't own. Mm. Oh, nice. I like, I like the way you've broken that down. All right. So then we have number 
four or the fourth key point, which is to measure the results. Any social media marketing needs, you need to be able to measure what you've already done so that you can change, adjust, move, do differently moving forward, depending on what you have achieved in the past. Yep. I think there's, there's, there's a couple of things here that you may hear a lot of marketers talking about. Okay. And they'll use phrases like, you know, cost per lead, cost per acquisition, you know, cost per conversion, that sort of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Really what that means is that a cost per lead is really just, I've done some activity and I've got an opportunity to sell. So something, so a cost per lead is something like a Facebook ad that points people to a webinar and whatever that ad cost is. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Now I would challenge people to take this a little bit further because I think that, you know, the direct marketer approach of, you know, it's cost me $5.35 per click to get someone to onto my webinar page and, you know, one in three people that hit the webinar page actually registers for the webinar and then, you know, one in two of those people actually turn up to the webinar and all of a sudden what you're doing is now multiplying that $5.35 for the people mm-hmm. who get through to the call to action and then, you know, one in 10 people go and buy your product worth a thousand bucks, okay? This is the sort of traditional model of measuring the effectiveness of a social media marketing campaign. Mm. I want to challenge people's thinking a little bit about this because there's one big thing in that that people don't account for in terms Mm. of analyzing the cost and measuring whether you've got a successful acquisition strategy, right? A successful customer conversion. And that is the amount of time it takes to do so. Okay. I think I think that people forget this because they think there is only one currency and that one currency being money. However, there are two currencies that we can spend at any one time. We can either spend the currency of money or if we don't want to spend that, we can spend the currency of time and you do need to take that into account. That's right. So, you know, and look, if you think about all the conversations you're having, now whether you have them or you've got a VA who manages those conversations for you, that comes at a cost, right? So if your cost is, I don't know, that's for argument's sake, your cost is $100 an hour or $200 an hour. If you spend two hours on social media every single day, that's $400, right? At the end of the month, right, you've now spent, I don't even know what that is, right? Oh, don't ask me. 400 (laughs) times 30, right? 1,200 bucks, right? Which you have to include into your costs of converting that customer. Mm. So if you suddenly add $1,200 into your cost of acquisition to get one customer out of that 30 days worth of activity, well, all of a sudden it starts to look a little bit different about how successful this campaign is. Mm. And we can actually start to measure it more appropriately Mm-hmm. Um, in that strategy, right? If you're outsourcing all the work, fabulous. You can usually get, you know, a fixed dollar per hour sort of rate and say, well, if I'm spending two and a half thousand dollars a month on my, you know, my social media manager and there's another thousand dollars or two thousand dollars a month on ad spend, therefore four and a half thousand I've spent and I've got 10 customers at ten thousand dollars each, right? Mm-hmm that's something we can do. But most people and you know, I guess as coaches and consultants, we're not doing that. Mm, right? mm. That's really something that we can start to do when we're hitting the 
200, 300, 400,000. We can go and employ someone to go and do this sort of stuff. Mm. But don't forget that your time comes at a cost as well as your advertising spend. Those things need to be really added to get a real accurate measure of what it's costing you to get these customers on, you know, into your business. Absolutely. There's another part of measuring this and, and it, it comes back to what you're talking about, about um, spending time. If you're measuring the results and you know that you've done certain social media posts before where you have picked up clients, don't be afraid to repurpose those or to even post the same content again. So even if it took you a while to set something up the first time, if you know it's successful, it's okay to publish it more than once. Yeah, absolutely. I want to leave people with one other thought, I guess, here, because they don't, I think one of the mistakes that we make is thinking that we have to get a direct track. So this one post delivered me five clients. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You don't know what that social media is doing behind the scenes. So you will not necessarily see a direct ROI. And I think Gary V says it very well. What's the ROI of your grandmother? You know that she's important. You don't like having her around. You don't necessarily understand or know what the ROI of her is. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Before. Well, now you have. But it is. I guess same same thing. I mean, I had a um, a referral uh, that came to me was given to me three years ago, possibly even four years ago. Now actually reached out through social media just this week, mm-hmm. and and we've been having a conversation. So you know, it wasn't right for him at the time, and may not necessarily be right this time, but, you know, he's actually sort of come back to me. So you do have to, I think you do have to sort of look at it in the bigger picture. And that's why I'd say that don't break it down into necessarily going individual posts. That information is useful, right, to work out what actually attracts more attention and what doesn't. You do want to do more of that. But if you're saying, look, I've done effectively two grand worth of social media activity across ad spend and and, and time and and you know, coordination and management of my team and so on. And I've attracted, and I would just look at probably three key metrics, how much you time and and dollars you spent, how many opportunities that created. And I don't even care if they're in the same month or directly related. Mm -hmm. Just go this month. I had five opportunities. Mm -hmm. Okay. People raise their hand five times, 10 times, 20 times. And this is how many customers I converted this month. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, 10. 50, whatever. And in the bigger scheme of things, you will know that X amount of activity should generate this number of opportunities and this number of clients. Absolutely. So the first key point was know your avatar. Second one is knowing where they hang out. Third is conversion strategy. Fourth is measure results. So the fifth, there's only one thing left to do and that's number five, which is review and adjust. It's applying what you've learned from everything that's come in the first four points and changing it up because you're not going to get it right first every time, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm saying that from my perspective. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? You will get it right the first time, okay? But that will give you a baseline for which you to test and measure and adjust from. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whatever your results are, don't think again, don't think that you're going to get it perfect. Just do it mm-hmm. and say, this is now my baseline. This amount of activity, there was this many results in this, you know, from these things and then test next month, do something slightly different, increase mm-hmm. the number of posts, increase the number of offers, try a different channel and then go, okay, well that didn't 
give me the same results. So let me go back to my baseline activity. Let mm. me try something else again. Try a different conversion strategy. Try a different post type. Try different content. Try different media for your content. Do more video. Do more written. Right? Your audience might respond to different stuff. However, I would say in doing that with everything you just said there, Tim, is only change small amounts at a time because if you change a lot you won't understand what the lever was that you got the results from so if you go from all text posts to all video posts but with a completely different message you won't know if it was the message or the medium so you have to be very aware that you're only just I guess moving that needle just by, you know, one to 5% at a time to make sure that you can understand where that information came or, you know, what the information is, where it came from. Mm, absolutely. So lots of stuff there. Hopefully there's been some value in you for your social media campaigns, um, working out whether they're working for you or not working for you as the case may be, mm -hmm. and potentially where you need to adjust um, some of your strategy to create success from your social media efforts, right? So that you can maybe, you know, make money while you sleep. It would be nice. Sometimes it happens and it does feel really good. I, I do I like make it. money on my sleep. I earn a very small amount of interest on my bank deposits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it can happen. It is very nice to wake up to. It's also very nice, Tim, when you're sitting in a bar having a glass of wine and you get a uh, new lead notification for new sale. That's my favourite thing ever. <laughs> that's even, you have that's money. Even, yeah, that was awesome. Better than when you're asleep because <laughs> you can cheers. But anyway, that's the, yeah, it can happen. If you have enjoyed this episode or if you have more questions, please join us in the Thought Leaders Business Lab Community Facebook group and join our discussion thread for episode 159. What are we talking about next week, Tim? Next week, we're going to talk about speaking, mm -hmm. but we're specifically going to talk about different types of speaking. So podcasts, speaking on stages, webinars, live training, virtual summits, and which ones that you should focus on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Be good. Well, thanks for joining me for another episode, Tim. Thank you, Sam. Nice to chat with you back in the office. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. We very much appreciate you and look forward to hanging out with you next week. Take care, guys. Catch you soon. Ciao, ciao.